Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello, it is great to be with you. Today we are talking about the spiritual practice of fasting. And if you happen to be listening to this in real time, we are currently in the middle of Lent, which is traditionally a time when various denominations of churches encourage some form of fasting. However, fasting is not at all unique to the Christian faith. In fact, all major religions encourage some sort of fasting. Even holistic health practitioners encourage seasons of fasting, whether that be intermittent fasting or times of a cleanse where you abstain from particular rich foods to help renew parts of the body. So all that to say, there seems to be something important as human beings to have times set aside of minimal or reduced intake of some sort. And today we aren't necessarily focusing on fasting from food, even though I think that's a natural go-to for many when considering the word fasting. But instead, we want to talk about other aspects of fasting. For me, I had a very formative experience in high school when my brother and sister and I decided to fast TV for 40 days. And I have to say, it was absolutely transformational for all of us. I think for me as a teenager, it helped, I don't know, somehow reshape how I saw time and viewed time and the way that I lived time that actually went on into my adult life. I remember my sister ended up taking up the guitar during that time because she didn't have TV as a default. And years later, still, that's an integral part of her life. And so I would say that our quality of life dramatically improved through that fasting experience. And so while sometimes when we think about the word fasting, it can seem unappealing, yet I find it to be a rich part of our spirituality. And so I wonder today what you think about different types of fasting that maybe you found helpful or in what ways are some benefits that we see fasting contributing to the contemplative life? Woohoo. So we're going to talk about fasting, which <laughs> I feel like there are so many feelings that can come with fasting. So if you're hearing this and there is some kind of trauma stirring in you, <laughs> we are with you. <laughs> So yeah, I think when I look at fasting, I have had such a journey. There have been moments where I did huge like Daniel fasts, doing only fruits, vegetables, and grains for long periods of time. My husband's family does fish only on Fridays, not just during Lent. Like They really adhere to that practice and it means something to them and they're really big on it. And so I often only make fish on Fridays just in case they show up. But in my own life, I started to realize, oh, I'm an athletic faster, which is weird to say, but I can will myself thus with almost no spiritual connection to the endeavor whatsoever, which just felt outside of the realm. So it was a few years ago that I started looking outside of food fasts in order to look at other practices in my life. Like, uh, I think when I first started this, I started with complaining. I tried fasting complaining. And it's really hard because you have to catch yourself doing it. It's a very different thing than saying, oh, I'm just not going to eat chocolate for six weeks or something like this. But I did find it was helpful to pay attention to how many times I was complaining or when I felt the urge to complain. And so this year, I'm actually fasting. You'll love this, given that we do a whole podcast on 
contemplation, but I'm fasting yelling because I feel like so many times it doesn't feel like my kids respond to just normal speaking. And so I'll raise my voice and then that seems to work, but I don't like it. And I'm aware of other techniques and it gets me all messy inside. I don't like the feeling of yelling. So I am fasting, yelling. That's where my attention is right now. Very nice. That's a great intention. I think like you, Christina Kaiser, I've had, it's a mixed bag when it comes to fasting. I grew up in a religious tradition where it was talked about. We didn't necessarily follow a church calendar that what's built into the spiritual life or the spiritual journey, but it was almost a way to to treat God as like Santa Claus, right? If you want something, if you want something big in your life, you will then fast. And uh, hopefully, if you did it with enough enthusiasm and endeavor, you got what you wanted. And so that was part of my early years and my early adult years. That was a framework for fasting. And I think my journey with fasting has evolved for sure. And I like the that we're bringing in this idea that it doesn't necessarily have to be food. Although I think food is a perfectly wonderful thing to fast. But I think what are you going to do instead of what are you going to give up? I think I've given up TV for periods of time in my life. And then I think, what am I going to replace that time that I'm spending watching television with? Am I going to go out in nature more? What positive thing am I going to do? Because I think when we evaluate our lives, we might say, what is a distraction right now? I think a lot of people look at fasting maybe through that lens. What is distracting me? Or maybe what would be a good thing to set aside and then focus on something different? And I think that's where I'm at currently in my journey, like that's the question I'm asking. What do maybe I want to set aside or maybe what is a distraction? And then what could actually focus my life? What could bring clarity? So I think those are some of the evolving ways that I've changed with this big topic of fasting. And in my years of being in different spiritual communities, certainly the aspect of eating disorders or disordered eating comes up when related to fasting. And so I do think this idea of maybe getting outside the realm of food and looking at different things like you're both naming seems really important. I will say too, I mentioned earlier about the idea of in holistic health and intermittent fasting is something that a lot of people talk about and this idea of giving your body a break. And as I've engaged in aspects of that, I find it interesting, not necessarily from like a food or a physical perspective, but again, tapping into my emotions of recognizing, okay, it's nighttime and am I bored? Is that why I'm eating? Or do I feel stressed out from the day and I feel like I deserve a particular treat? Or maybe it's that glass of wine or that decadent chocolate cake or something like that. And when I'm not doing that, it's okay, what's actually going on inside of me? And maybe it's opportunity for a release of some sort of the stress of the day or getting in touch with a particular emotion that isn't going to be buffered by food. And I think I appreciate that what we're naming today, that fasting isn't just about giving something up or eliminating, but there is this connection to the deeper inner being that feels really important to what we're talking about today. I do think it's become more normative for people to talk about not just what am I giving up, but what am I adding? And so I've heard of some fun ones too. If you go and get your coffee at a Starbucks every day, could you give that money to an organization instead? 
Dominic and I, we have a ritual of coffee drinking, but it does not involve Starbucks. Like it is at our house and it is a complete joy. So we would have to do something different than that. But I do think I have for many years now said, and what am I adding? Or what is the benefit that's coming? So this year, as I take away yelling, I gained techniques for how to not yell many years ago. I literally took a class on how to never yell at your kids again. (laughs) But I'm adding more lit candles because I have noticed that when I light a candle, there's just something soothing about it that calms the spirit and helps me recenter. It's funny. I don't know why it works, but I've noticed that it does. And so I'm adding light. And that might sound funny because I talk about light all the time. So in theory, there's plenty of light in my life. It's just one little ad. And When I did Daniel fasting, the ad was unintentional, but because we were cooking with fewer foods, we added new recipes, fun things. I feel like our palate just got larger and larger every time we did a Daniel fast. So unexpected, really exciting consequence (laughs) that has really enriched our lives forever. Yeah. And I think even noticing in what you're saying is this whole awareness piece. And I think there have been in, in my early twenties, I did what you call this Daniel fast, you know, this, I think it's 21 days. I'm not an expert on fasting, but I think the Daniel fast is a 21 day fast. And I did this fast. And I think one of the things that happened, it was a time of awareness where I grew in a, an awareness of myself and my and awareness of my relationships with other people. In fact, I think it was right about the time that I started dating Christina Roberts. It's like I, I was doing this fast and it's just amazing the things that were opening up to me as a result of doing this fast. I was aware of how much I spent money on food at restaurants. I was I became aware of some of the intakes, soda or whatever it is that you drink in your early twenties. I just became more aware. And I think that's, I think that's a beautiful part of fasting. It's just, you're saying that I want to shift my focus of what I'm usually doing and paying attention to something else. And I think sometimes just even starting out with a fast by saying, I want to become aware of what it is that I'm doing in my life? What are my practices? What are the ways that I'm approaching food or I'm approaching media or whatever it is that you are going to look at when it comes to fast? For me, another formative experience was also in my early 20s, I had visited Tunisia with a group of people and it happened to be during Ramadan. And it was fascinating to be in a culture where the entire community was on this rhythm of collective fasting together and having the call to prayer in the morning, the call to prayer in the evening, people getting up early to have communal breakfast and a big meal before the day started. For the Ramadan fasting, it's from sunrise to sunset is the fast. And then when the sun set, just this amazing time of getting together to eat because you've not eaten all day. And as someone 
visiting the country thinking, okay, I, I wasn't planning to necessarily fast Ramadan and we would have our sandwiches or bread or whatever and felt like, okay, we have to like tuck away in a corner to eat our sandwich because the whole community around us is in this collective fasting. And so even Christina, your point about the fish on Fridays, for example, to know that there are other, I think that's a predominantly Catholic thing from my understanding, other Catholics around the world are doing this. There seems to be this beautiful communal aspect that I think fasting brings when we can do it together. So that's another thing that's been quite formative in my life as well. Again, even my story earlier, it wasn't just I fasted TV alone. It was with my brother and sister. And I think having that where we're talking about it together actually really helped shape this practice for me. That's a really good point. And I think that is some of the magic of Lent when one fasts with a whole community. And this is true across the board of spiritual practices, why people pray the hours, right? Because you know that there is somebody else praying at that same time. And that brings a certain sort of connection that really stirs our spirit somehow. Like we were just wired for it. We were wired for the connection. And I think it's also worthy to even just touch and mention people that fast for the sake of social justice, like causes. I am fasting for an X amount of time in order to draw attention to this thing. And you could do anything, right? You could do, people now do push-ups in order to draw attention to a cause. But sometimes people choose some sort of a fast as a way to draw attention to a cause, which is also worthy. And maybe building off of that, Christina, I think also fasting, again, to your point, Chris, about the awareness that oftentimes when I'm fasting convenience, I'm now on level ground with other people in my community. So if I'm fasting from, say, my own transportation and I'm choosing to take public transport for the month, what is it like to have to do public transport and to, de- to depend on that? It's a very different experience then. Or I'm limiting and I'm only wearing seven pieces of clothes. I had a friend that did that once because not a lot of people have a large wardrobe. And so what was that? Or I had a friend that fasted from shopping for an extended period of time. And so I think there's the drawing attention to, but there's also the solidarity with. And as I'm experiencing that, then how does that open my eyes more to to live a more just, equitable life? So I think there's lots of different angles to that aspect that you're drawing out. And I think even in the Old Testament of the scriptures, some of the invitations that the prophets would give towards fasting was for that very reason of to be aware of those that don't have the choice. They are without because just of their circumstances, not because of choice. Yeah. If I think back to some scriptures that talk about fasting or maybe some circumstances around fasting, it's this idea of evaluating your life. Think of one famous passage, and I think it's the Psalms. It says, create in me a clean heart and renew my spirit, a right spirit within me, I think it says. And I think that's an important thing to do frequently in our lives is to approach our lives with where can I see the divine interact with my journey to improve upon what is already there, right? I think not that we're deficient or we're not enough. I think a lot of times that might be people's approach to fasting is this, I'm not enough. I'm, I've got to do this because I'm not enough. But no, it's already, it's improving upon what already is to be, you're enough already, but in what ways can you experience more of life? And so that's an important part of fasting. I think so. I'm so glad that you brought it up because that is the fun of it. it. While it can seem like we are limiting, and I think there is a lot of that mindset of, oh, I should take away sweets because sweets are bad, or I should take away coffee because coffee is bad or something, which by the way, I did one time 
takeaway coffee. And it was the most joyless experience ever because the coffee was there to soothe a long commute. That's why I would take this mug of coffee in the morning. And so then I was just left with a commute. There was nothing. (laughs) I was like, never again. That is not the best for me. But I do think that there is almost an awakening or an expanding, a building that happens when we get into that zone of fasting. And we, I think awakening is the word. We awaken to something that is vibrant and real and alive. And I think community only helps because honestly, Sometimes it's just, if it's just between me and myself, who do you talk to about the fact that you get to share and talk about it makes the experience just that more rich, it seems. Fasting with someone, (laughs) I'm all for it. Well, hopefully you are inspired to include fasting as a spiritual practice. And if you are in Lent right now, that you're getting some wind in your sail for the tail end of this beautiful season. So thank you so much for a generative conversation. And now is the part of our podcast where we talk about what we are into this week. So what are we into? I recently discovered a new artist. Someone asked me if we could do this song. And so her their name is Spencer LaJoy. And the song that we're doing is currently not on the YouTube channel or Spotify. The song is called Land of the Seeking. But there's plenty of other songs. They've got a folky sense to it. But the line that I so love in this song there is no wrong way to be unsure of things. And it just culminates. It's in the bridge. It's really like the only place to offer a harmony because of how the lines move. The song has captivated me. I am now into Spencer LaJoy. Of course, you are into an artist who has a name that joy is in the title. That Yeah, that's very fitting. I love that, Christina. I think that I am into this idea of intuition, like what does our intuition do for us? And so I've been trying to pay, I'm reading a book that intuition just pops up all the time and particularly as it relates to just not even like big decisions, but which way do I lean? What is your intuition saying? And so I've been, I even have a mantra that has paying attention to your in- intuition that I'm using for this season of my life. So I'm all about intuition right now. I am into something that's probably the opposite of fasting, but I am into pizza bagels, which does sound like a junior high moment, I will fully admit. But we have typically we have Friday pizza nights at our house. And on a good Friday, it's homemade pizza dough, all the things. We do sometimes do frozen pizza. But lately, we've been having this bridge of can we get these yummy uh, local whole grain bagels and make our own pizza bagels? And oh my gosh, I'm falling in love with these pizza bagel things again. And again, feeling like I'm in junior high, but it's bringing me joy. So that is what I am into. Thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, make it a great week. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week.